Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Joining me today is Dr. Catherine Caruso. She graduated from the University of Toronto School of Medicine in 1990. She co-authored the book, True Wellness, How to Combine the Best of Western and Eastern Medicine for Optimum Health. And this is what we're discussing today. Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So what inspired you to put this book together? Well, actually, I can't take credit for uh, the idea of writing this book. Uh, that goes to my co-author, Dr. Ihan Kuhn. Uh, Dr. Kuhn is a um, uh, Chinese uh, gynecologist who came to the United States and started practicing um, acupuncture and uh, oriental medicine. She was a uh, Tai Chi and Qigong master already. So she opened uh, her clinic in uh, Massachusetts, and I met her when I was uh, working in Massachusetts um, as a also an obstetrician gynecologist. And she had already written several books on um, Chinese medicine, on Tai Chi and Qigong uh, for our publisher uh, YMAA. And um, uh, she had approached me about uh, writing this book. She'd found a lot of people would ask her about how they could combine um, what they were supposed to do for their Western doctor with what she was offering in her clinic and uh, in her school of uh, Tai Chi. So um, you're, I mean, the book is how to combine the best of Western and Eastern medicine. So let's talk about what you mean by Western medicine. Um, Western medicine um, is considered to be um, the uh, recent system uh, compared to the ancient systems of uh, Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine. Um, Western medicine has its roots uh, all the way back to Hippocrates. However, um, as we currently know it, the Western system has really only developed about you know two or three hundred years ago. Um, where uh, the idea of finding the initiating cause, the single uh, most simple initiating cause of a disease, and treating that uh, single cause um, is sort of the hallmark of uh, what we know as uh, Western medicine these days. Uh, in contrast, um, the roots of Western medicine, go, when, as going back to Hippocrates and various healers throughout the centuries, they viewed um, disease in a, in a different way and looked for a multitude of uh, solutions and problems within the, in the individual person. Um, around um, the 17th and 18th century, that was sort of lost with the Industrial Revolution and where people were looking for the one single uh, linchpin cause of disease. So it's a, a different paradigm, a different way of looking at uh, problem. And uh, I think we're finding in Western medicine that unfortunately things are not that simple. And it's important to look at the whole person, the whole picture, the environment in which a person lives in order to find health solutions. Well, so um, 
I mean, we we all we all know what you're talking about. This is the medicine that we're using every day. This is our 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 basic and and first response to anything that that um, is wrong in our bodies. We go to our family doctor. We get some testing done. Um, what mm-hmm. do you feel is wrong with the system? Well, um, a lot of the times it's uh, a matter of um, time and resources that the, the system has um, in terms of t- being able to take the time to tease out the, the underlying problems that a person is uh, experiencing um, because of uh, doctor shortages, um, uh, particularly here in Hawaii. Uh, primary care doctors are in short supply, and so they don't have very much time to spend with a patient and actually talk to them and find out um, you know, what they're eating, how they're sleeping, what their stressors are, do they exercise, you know, and how to get them to um, to do all these helpful lifestyle activities um, in an effort to treat the root cause of the problem. It's uh, easier and faster for a Western-trained physician to um, do a couple of tests, maybe read a couple of prescriptions, um, and send somebody on their way. Um, they, uh, unfortunately, even if they uh, are that way inclined or want to spend the time to really dig out uh, problem complex issues, uh, they, um, they, they don't sometimes have the resources. Um, and it's a matter of them um, changing the way they practice, but it's also the way they're taught. Uh, as Western physicians, we're, we're taught to um, get to you know get to the, one, the the single thing that you think will solve the problem and treat it with either drugs or surgery. So um, you know, I, I practice Chinese medicine, and um, and you study Western medicine, and and now you're combining these two, uh, from what I understand. But you know, I I know from the way that I look at things, when when you know, I, the first appointment, I spend over an hour with someone, just going over um, a 15-page form that they filled out with all their symptoms and details. And and for me, this is something that their their doctor just, as you said, doesn't have the time for and really isn't trained for. And I'm sure that we've all experienced if we have more than one problem, our doctor wants us to make more than one appointment. So if uh-huh. these all these symptoms are actually stemming from the same root cause, um, the doctor may miss it because they're not looking at, at the whole, the, everything that's going on and considering the person in front of them. They're looking at the symptom and then trying to give a medication, which often is just covering up that symptom. Yeah, that is correct, and and that's uh, one thing that I've found very striking. Uh, when I look back at um, my career in, in Western medicine, um, I, I was a, uh, a specialist, so family doctors would send people to me with um, a gynecologic problem, and uh, often the patient, when they were seeing me, would um, start to mention, well, I also have this, this, and the next thing, and I would say, oh, well, that's not related to your gynecologic problem, you should go back and talk to your family physician. Uh, now that I've studied Eastern medicine, uh, I realize how wrong I was. And uh, if I could only go back and uh, revisit those patients, I'm sure I could have helped them a lot more than I did. 
Well, you know, that's exactly it. Like it's, I think a lot of people find very frustrating that we have our medicine compartmentalized the way it is where, you know, your family doctor is sort of this, this uh, trunk that, that brand, and then you get branched out into these specialists. And um, like you said, if, if, you know, it's not to do with the one little area you look at, then you have to see a different specialist and you could be seeing five specialists and maybe have one or, or two issues only, but um, you know, everybody's dealing with only what they deal with and then nobody's communicating properly or you're, I've, I've seen people where the specialists disagree even on a diagnosis, which uh-huh. can be quite, quite frustrating, right? And then what do you do? Well, that, that's where I think that um, uh, people are seeking all, what they used to call alternative medicine now, now is becoming more mainstream. They're looking for uh, a system or a paradigm that can pull it all together and, and uh, treat these seemingly unrelated symptoms um, and go back to uh, basics. The, the body has this innate ability to heal itself if given half a chance, and um, it's up to uh, whatever physician a person sees to uh, realize that and uh, encourage the patient to make these changes uh, to allow that healing to occur. So um, can you just explain to us a little bit about what Eastern medicine is? Um, uh, Eastern medicine is, has become a, uh, a phrase that was associated previously with terms of Oriental medicine or uh, Chinese medicine. Um, it uh, it, it, uh, it seems separate than the term for Ayurvedic medicine, which arose in India, but is is also uh, related to um, uh, Eastern medicine in the Chinese medicine sense. Um, it's sent, uh, millennia old, um, and the oldest uh, known uh, documentation of it uh, is from um, about. Uh, 2000 BCE, and uh, it's been um, uh, really tried and true. The um, use of acupuncture is documented at that time, but one of the main tenets of Eastern medicine, as you know, uh, is similar to the um, idea within Western medicine in Hippocrates' time, which is that um, the body can heal itself if given you know, healthy food, enough rest, uh, sufficient activity, and some sort of uh, contemplative practice like uh, yoga or uh, tai chi or qigong or, and meditation. Uh, so given those four uh, uh, constituents, um, it, it's possible to let the body heal itself as much as possible. And I'm not saying that there's no place for Western medicine. Um, Certainly anybody who's in a car accident or breaks a hip or needs a cesarean section, I mean, they would certainly want uh, to be able to use all the um, beneficial techniques uh, that Western medicine can supply. Um, But I think that it's important to integrate um, the tenets of Eastern medicine along with uh, the, the really technical wonders that Western medicine can, can afford us. 
Well, um, you know, from from my point of view, I, I see a value in both systems. Um, you know, testing is is often quite valuable, and sometimes medication is necessary, whether it's for long term or temporary. But also, I think that a, a goal should also be to try to do as much as possible to not go on medication, especially when we're looking at metabolic syndrome, high cholesterol, and things like that that can be prevented with diet and lifestyle. It, it seems yeah. like, um, you know, this is very common and doctors either don't have the tools or the time, it seems, to coach people on what to do. And so they're very insistent. And, and I see a lot of resistance to them when people either don't want to take especially cholesterol medication or they want to go off because they've made changes. And it's almost like this fear-based, well, your cholesterol won't change when we know it's actually quite can be quite simple to turn that around with mm-hmm. some diet and lifestyle changes. And yeah, and definitely. so it... Yeah, so um, it, 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 it just seems like th- they should be combined and we should be looking at both and trying to prevent. Um, I, I mean, I think medication and surgery should be last resorts and, or t- medication a temporary resort while you work on the root cause to get you to a certain yeah. point. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, but I, I do find also that... Um, uh, a lot of patients would like to um, or have been conditioned to hand over the control of the situation to their physician so that they are less willing to uh, make the changes um, themselves, the lifestyle changes that could you know, change their cholesterol or reverse type 2 diabetes. Um, and because uh, Western physicians have so little time to encourage and cajole a patient to, uh, to, to make these changes, the, the patients don't feel uh, supported. You know, usually if it's a cholesterol issue, the, the doctor will say, okay, well, you've got three months to change your diet and your lifestyle. Off you go, come back in three months with a lab test. But there's no infrastructure to actually take that patient by the hand and, and make those changes. It, it's a daunting thing. Well, yeah, and it would make sense to me if we had a even a program that if doctors don't have time to coach people because they probably see this every day, um, you know, uh-huh. and it can take time uh, to to help somebody change their diet and it has to be personalized and um, you know there could be a class that they get sent to, but it just seems even if that is offered, um, it's not taken advantage of, and yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, people are left to their own devices or not offered something that is there because either the doctor doesn't know or just doesn't want to want to bother um, which is a failing I think and that's where you and I come in to um, help people in that aspect to be able to change things in their lives so that they can find wellness just sometimes with simple changes that they didn't know was was something they needed to do to help with their symptoms agreed Uh, So we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Catherine Caruso, and we're discussing her book, True Wellness, How to Combine the Best of Western and Eastern Medicine for Optimum Health. We'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent 
inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Everything is energy. It's all connected. Your energy can be seen as the foundation for your life and impacts all areas of living. Do you realize that your thoughts have the power to affect how you show up? Tune in for Healthy Energy with Margot, featuring host Margot Nielsen. Margot and her guests will show you that connecting to your energy is vital to your health, relationships, money, and more. Listen live every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Riss. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Catherine Caruso, and we're discussing her book, True Wellness. So, Catherine, one thing, um, I'm I'm sure that you've been um, asked a lot of questions about Eastern medicine, um, but a lot of people seem to think that it's just some sort of hokey pokey thing. Um, Now, is there a lot of, is there research and studies behind, you know, the herbs and acupuncture and, and the mechanism of Eastern medicine? Uh, yes. Um, uh, oh, there's less and less resistance to acupuncture. Um, fewer and fewer people are looking at it as magic or voodoo or uh, something that you have to believe in to get it to work. Um, uh, there's been uh, a longstanding history of uh, actual scientific uh, research uh, into uh, acupuncture, uh, you know, Starting back about you know almost a hundred years, um, uh, they um, these days there's uh, uh, a great push um, to finding out the actual mechanism of action of acupuncture um, and how how mechanically it works in a human body. And I think that the more uh, people understand how that works, the more accepting they are of the uh, of the uh, procedure, um, it's uh, recently um, Dr. Helene Langevin, who is a, a Canadian uh, medical doctor who has been working at Harvard, was recently appointed as the director for the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health, uh, uh, which is uh, one aspect of the um, the NIH in the United States. And she is uh, a medical doctor who also trained as a licensed acupuncturist. And she has been doing um, uh, a lot of uh, 
research uh, characterizing the cellular and, and mechanical effects of acupuncture, um, uh, showing how um, it works in the human body. So uh, to be able to explain the details of that to a patient uh, who comes in who maybe has some misgivings about the whole endeavor, um, they feel comforted and um, they uh, are more confident in the um, in the acupuncture, which, uh, as you know, um, may help to improve their uh, outcome. So what, what is your, um, well, I guess first I want to ask you what made you decide to um, change from your the Western model that you were following with gynecology into this direction? Well, my, um, uh, my first uh, experience with acupuncture dated back to uh, medical school when uh, a surgeon came and gave a talk to our class uh, about acupuncture. Now, this is back in, like, 1986, uh, and um, it was was interesting and caught my attention, but it didn't really um, sink in until much later when I was practicing obstetrics. Um, I came across a randomized controlled trial uh, about how to use uh, Eastern medicines, specifically burning um, a certain herb over a certain acupuncture point, which you know is uh, called moxibustion, um, in order to turn a breech baby from bottom down to head down. And mm-hmm. as an obstetrician, that would be uh, a technique um, that I could use to take the place of uh, actually physically, manually turning the baby. Um, the physical, manual turning of the baby is something called external cephalic aversion. And uh, it can be successful, uh, but it has its risks, uh, which include disrupting the placenta or stressing the baby, requiring an emergency cesarean section. So it was not one the... Uh, one, it was not a favorite thing of mine to do. And um, so when I read this article, I decided to find an acupuncturist who would take my patients if they were interested um, and uh, decrease the um, number of times I would have to do external cephalic versions. Uh, I was fortunate to find um, Dr. Darcy Ent in San Diego, who uh, uh, was quite successful with this. And then I started um, to send her other patients um, that I'd sort of come to the end of the road with from a Western medical sense. And um, she was able to help them consistently. Um, which, you know, I um, would say is amazing, although the, I've done that uh, many times in my career. But it, it is actually quite neat because it's very it's a very simple thing that you do. And um, uh-huh. you're you're not anywhere near the the abdomen. And then the baby starts moving around and and turns. And we've got this, you know, it, very um, it's not invasive and uh, it's very uh-huh. gentle and, and a lot safer. Um, so so did you. You take that and then just start to get very interested and decide to do that on your own. Well, um, actually, Dr. Yent, uh, she um, uh, she's also a naturopath and an acupuncturist, and um, she did uh, at that time predominantly uh, acupuncture. And um, we were talking about uh, long-term goals and you know how long we would like to work. And uh, I couldn't see working into my 70s and 80s as an obstetrician is just too physically demanding. And I mentioned that uh, I had been thinking about maybe doing acupuncture, but 
I, I didn't see how I could put needles into patients. I didn't, you know, while they were awake. Um, and, and she reminded me that I was a surgeon and that shouldn't be a problem. Um, but uh, getting over the idea of putting needles into people when they're not anesthetized, um, that uh, re- was a little difficult for me initially. So Dr. Yent uh, supervised me giving her an acupuncture treatment. She showed me where some points were, and to my surprise, you can actually feel them. They're, they're readily hiding in plain sight. And um, she, uh, she encouraged me to pursue um, acupuncture training. So what what is your practice look like now or are you still specializing in gynecology and and doing acupuncture in that regard? Uh no, I um I stopped uh doing gynecology and obstetrics uh as a specialty uh about 5 years ago. Um my husband who's uh in the military retired and we actually went sailing for a year and a bit with our daughter. <laughs> Uh, and when I came back, uh, I opened, I'd finished up my um, licensed acupuncture uh, training. And in the United States, um, uh, first I, I trained as a medical acupuncturist in 2009. So I was using acupuncture in conjunction with um, uh, my obstetrical practice and gynecology practice for uh, about five years. Um, so uh, it dovetailed very nicely. So I was really, truly integrating the two. Um, then when I opened uh, my practice in Hawaii, um, I had to complete uh, a master's program and um, national board exams in order to practice in Hawaii specifically. I could not practice as a medical acupuncturist, which is a doctor who's had about six months of extra training in acupuncture. So uh, when I opened my practice um, here, I I did general practice uh, as well as acupuncture, but in the last uh, 18 months or so, I've been just uh, exclusively doing acupuncture and oriental medicine. So what kind of um, feedback, I guess, have you had from, from your peers on the Western medicine side? Are they supportive of you making this change to something that I guess they could see as very different? Uh, yeah, I've actually been uh, su- very surprised at how um, accepting people are of it, particularly um, from 2009 to 2013, I was working in a military hospital. And um, initially, when I asked for acupuncture privileges, um, uh, because you have to go through a, a, a almost like a credentialing process, and they, the hospital has to allow you to incorporate this into your regular care, um, they initially they were uh, curious um, and they didn't really see the application in obstetrics. But by the time I left in 2013, they they were upset that they weren't going to have an acupuncturist on staff there uh, in their department. You know because they found it so helpful for so many uh, things they hadn't considered. Well, you know, the reason why I ask is when I became involved in uh, Chinese medicine 16 years ago, there was a little more resistance than than there is now, it seems. Um, you know, I had a family doctor fire me because I got acupuncture. He fired me as a patient. And, um, oh. I, you know, I had patients come in whose, whose doctor would say the same thing. You can't get that done. And, um, wow. you know, yeah. And, but it, but it, 
I don't hear stories like that anymore. Um, I do more if people are choosing a more natural approach to, um, you know, know, like supplements and herbs. But for acupuncture, they're often referred now. Um, So there has been a big shift in the acceptance on on that part, um, which is great because acupuncture has very little side effects and um, and no contraindications with medication you're on or or the illness that you have. So it's very safe for everybody. Yeah, and I think that that uh, you know any any doctor worth their salt would is willing to um, uh, do whatever is best for the patient. And more and more Western physicians are realizing that there is a lot that acupuncture can offer their patients. I get referrals from oncologists, I, you know, sending their uh, cancer patients um, uh, for. Uh, complications from chemotherapy or just for general well-being. Um, uh, I get referrals from uh, orthopedic surgeons. I get referrals from general practitioners. Um, initially, uh, people think, uh, as doctors, they started only thinking about the musculoskeletal aspects of acupuncture, you know, back pain, knee pain, neck pain. But more and more, they're starting to um, become educated um, uh, about all the things that can be used for you know, a lot of gastrointestinal problems. I still do a lot of uh, obstetrics um, in terms of um, uh, everything from uh, infertility through first trimester, morning sickness, then you know, carpal tunnel or back pain. I do uh, childbirth preparation uh, toward the end of the pregnancy and labor induction. Um, so uh, I, I'm still very much involved with uh, obstetrics and as well as gynecology as well. So um, what sort of differences in outcome do you see in your patients compared to what you used to do when you were doing Western medicine? Well, uh, one of the, um, the most interesting things I've found and uh, it, which really impacts the patient's overall well-being is it seems that um, using acupuncture helps people make better lifestyle choices. Um, it's as in contrast to me when I used to be tell somebody, well, you, this is what you need to do to lose weight or exercise more, or yeah, you really should meditate um, uh, and send them out the door. If I treat them with acupuncture, they their sense of well-being when they leave. Um, is such that they make better choices. They feel they feel better to begin with um, because of the shift in um, their basically brain chemistry uh, that occurs with acupuncture, and it decreases inflammation, so they're in less pain, and so they're feeling better, and so they think, well, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I should have a few more vegetables today, or. I think I'll try to meditate for a few minutes, and and all of those changes um, are more than additive. They they help uh, perpetuate the positive cycle that that people can get into. And when they come back, let's say the next week for an acupuncture treatment, it just moves it along a little further, and it, it builds momentum. And so I've seen people make really significant lifestyle changes. Um, uh, by incorporating acupuncture into their care, whereas they've you know tried all these things before but have never really been successful. 
Um, which is very helpful because I, you know, sometimes people leave their doctor feeling, um, even if their doctor is, is caring and, and listening to them, if they get diagnosed with something or given a prescription, most people don't feel good about that. You know, it's uh-huh. not the, a choice that people want to be on a pharmaceutical medication for the rest of their life um, right. or even temporarily. There's side effects and, um, you know, you've got to sometimes you have to take a medication for the side effects of the first medication. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and, you know, to, to know that there's um, what you're seeing is so dramatically different. It's great to have that contrast that you're seeing people experience an overall wellness um, and, and making different choices as well, which is a big deal. Yeah, and it has to come from the patient um, in order to be uh, sustainable. Um, when talking to Dr. Yent, um, uh, who's the naturopath and the acupuncturist, uh, she told me that um, uh, if she had to choose between one or the other, she would choose the acupuncture. Um, with naturopathy, it's you know like being a, a Western allopathic general practitioner or family practitioner to get people to make the changes they need to, to sustain their health is sometimes the hardest part, getting them over that inertia. And I think uh, as acupuncturists, we have uh, an advantage. We can, we can uh, shift their, their um, sense of well-being to the point where it's easier for them to take that first step. And just like the ancient Chinese saying, the, you know, the, the longest journey does begin with the, the single step. It's just getting people to take it. Mm-hmm, I definitely agree. And it, it can be very scary to, to take that first step because you don't know what's on the other side. Um, but uh, something I think uh, we all need to do. Yes, um, absolutely. Myself included. Yeah, yeah all of us. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Catherine Caruso. We're discussing her book, True Wellness, and we'll be back shortly. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural, evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. 
Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Catherine Caruso. We're discussing her book, True Wellness, How to Combine the Best of Western and Eastern Medicine for Optimum Health. Now, um, Catherine, I know in uh, some people will just say that, that acupuncture is just a placebo effect. Can you just explain to us uh, what that is? Well, um, the term uh, placebo is uh, comes from the Latin. It means to please, and it's the idea that um, uh, the doctor is giving the patient something that is inert, that is actually has no medicinal value, uh, but um, activates the patient's innate ability to heal. Um, the it, it's over time uh, taken on a more derogatory meaning uh, that it, it is a useless thing, but in fact, when you look at um, randomized control trials that employ uh, different arms and study groups. If they have a group that receives a placebo, which is something that is inert, they find in the placebo group that uh, quite a number of patients actually improve um, uh, in terms of their symptom uh, uh, profile, whether that's uh, pain or gastrointestinal problems, whatever the, the study is addressing. So when um, people talk about uh, testing uh, drugs or testing procedures um, to to find out if they're effective, they um, test them against a a placebo group so that the uh, study group has to show a a significant difference, a a significant improvement beyond what one can get with a placebo. Now, um, uh, recently... uh, in on the New York Times, there was an article examining uh, the placebo effect and what that really actually is in um, uh, biologically, and it seems that um, it's uh, there may be certain enzymes and genes that are associated with a person's innate ability to heal, and what the placebo what a placebo effect would be is to uh, give that person whatever it takes to turn on that biological mechanism. And uh, some people are uh, more, in um, some people that occurs more easily than in others. So um, to say something is uh, just placebo is sort of derogatory. If, if something, anything we do can turn on that system, then that, to me, is effective medicine because the whole goal is to get the person to uh, heal. So um, while there's definitely uh, specific mechanisms that occur with acupuncture, 
that um, involve sending neurological signals to the brain to activate certain biochemical um, uh, processes. Uh, there is always in any medical uh, endeavor the effect of the patient feels about uh, the person who's actually administering the medication or the procedure, how they feel about the clinic that they're in, the trust that they have in the technique that's being employed. All of these things have been demonstrated to, um, to play into uh, how easily um, this internal uh, healing system can turn on. Um, which you and I know can be uh, quite amazing how how this can affect people. Yeah, definitely. So when we're looking at, uh, I mean, your book is how to combine the best of, of Eastern and Western medicine. So what should people do to, to take advantage of both systems? Well, I think um, uh, it's important to include uh, the Western physician in the in the whole process. Um, uh, I think uh, gone are the days of uh, an antagonistic approach between um, acupuncturists and and allopathic physicians. Um, and it's uh, it kind of I think important for there to be uh, a quarterback in terms of the the healing system that's involved. So I, I would encourage patients to. Uh, discuss this with their their physician um, and get hopefully recommendations from their physician for acupuncturists that they they trust um, and uh, discuss you know the utility of you know should they should they try acupuncture or maybe maybe Ayurvedic medicine would be better for them but um, a lot of doctors recognize that um, they don't have the time or the expertise to uh, themselves to use these approaches, but they're they're helpful for the the patient, and particularly with patients um, where the doctor has not been able to satisfactorily remedy the problem. Uh, sometimes it's um, a difficult conversation, but uh, the the do- those uh, sorts of um, situations, uh, the doctor is really quite grateful that there's somebody that they can send this patient to that they can actually um, be helped. Um, I've, I've had a number of referrals uh, from doctors who have had patients where they, they don't know what else to do for this patient, you know, just like I was in that position before um, sending my patients to the acupuncturist I found in San Diego. Um, you know, it's quite a relief to be able to say to a patient, well, I can't help you with this, but I know somebody who can. And um, then I also look good because I've helped solve this patient's problem. So I don't think um, people should be afraid to discuss all this with their physician. Um, if they have found an acupuncturist, uh, an herbalist on their own and are seeing them, it's important to let the doctor, your doctor know that you're doing that, particularly if you're taking herbal formulas because there can be um, interactions between Western medications and uh, herbal formulas, um, either Western or Eastern herbs. Um, so that's a really important uh, thing to, to do uh, as a patient. So um, 
you know, it, it's, uh, I, I think, important for us to, to do this. Like, as we discussed earlier, doctors um, aren't always trained, especially, you know, in the diet and the lifestyle, or just a different approach to to what's, in, you know, the, the symptoms or the disease in front of them. And especially if we're dealing with a chronic disease, often people are going to continue to suffer even with medication. And you and I know that, that um, even just with acupuncture, you can get a, a lot of relief from pain or, de- or depression or just um, whatever is going on and it won't interfere with your medication and it, it you know it's very gentle on the body yeah and just the fact that um, people can get some some relief even if some uh, people's uh, pain or um, depression can't be completely cured if uh, they're able to get some relief it, it, it does change their whole attitude, their whole outlook, and um, uh, change the way they take care of themselves. And so it, it does help, in, again, initiate this uh, this positive cycle. Um, so when somebody's um, coming to see you for, for this, um, what, what process do you go through? Like, do you assess their lifestyle and recommend certain changes for them? Uh, yeah, I... When, uh, somebody comes to see me, it, it, it's almost um, uh, like they're seeing a regular Western physician initially because I do do uh, a whole um, history and physical in, um, that's appropriate to the, the reason they're there. Uh, I talk about um, their, go into all their medical and surgical background and um, then ask uh, about things like their sleep and their digestion um, that often uh, Western physicians don't. So my intake is, uh, you know, an hour and a half for the same reason. And um, they, uh, the patients are um, surprised that it's in such detail. But um, uh, when I get all that information, then I'm better able to recommend um, uh, changes to diet and lifestyle, but I, I, I start them off with like really simple, really simple things just to set them up, with, you know, for success. Um, so I sort of I give the, I give them homework so that one week it may be just to eat two more servings of vegetables every day that you that you can, and um, or I teach them a, a simple um, breathing exercise that will help them start to meditate. And so they, they have concrete things that they can do um, that are not onerous um, and that don't have to be implemented all at once. Um, so they seem, people in general, uh, seem to do these uh, endeavors and make these changes when somebody is uh, expecting them to. So if they feel like you know, next week I'm going to ask them about their homework. They're more inclined to to actually do what they're supposed to be doing. So it helps them get take that first step. So, um, 
I, I mean, this this is something I, I don't, I've never had a doctor ask me about, you know, eating vegetables or, or even recommend it. Um, and I, you know, I used to have a, a lot of health problems with, with chronic Lyme. And I, I think that, that that's the difference with, with the system. Um, you know, spending over an hour with somebody and going through their lifestyle when maybe there is something simple that they can change to help with, with their symptoms that... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can make their life easier. I mean, they may not need medication, but they might be uncomfortable, and and they might they might need to make some changes to be more comfortable. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely true. It's it really there. I think there's really no substitute for time, and and part of it too is you know people people need to tell their story, and mm-hmm. I don't think they get a chance to very often with. Um, uh, Western physicians, because Western physicians are so pressed for time, um, and but even that act of uh, telling their story—how did they get to this place—and feeling understood by um, the person uh, who's listening—is um, is very therapeutic. I think that's a big part of what we do. I, I agree. I, I tell people that all the time that, you know, part of healing is having yourself heard. And especially, um, you know, if you've been, um, if your doctor doesn't have time for you, or like, you know, they're, they're on the I'm in a hurry side. Um, and then you're, you know, your life is on hold because of what you're going through. And nobody's hearing you. It can be, it can be very frustrating. And um, I think some people, um, you know, get really depressed by that. Um, you know, yeah. one of the yeah, one of the questions I ask people is, um, are you experiencing depression because it's there or because of what you've been going through with this, which is a whole different thing. You're depressed because your doctor's not listening to you and helping you and you can't get help for what you're going through is different than the depression causing your symptoms to start with. That's right. So um, w- one thing that that comes up um, in the difference between Western and Eastern medicine is prevention. Um, it these are are a whole a whole different ball game because in the in the world of of Western medicine, from from what I gather and understand, is that they're preventing a disease from from getting worse. And um, you know, uh, is how how is the Eastern approach for that? Um, the um, well, the Eastern approach uh, is uh, it focuses a great deal on prevention. Um, uh, one of the things that I discovered with studying acupuncture was acupuncture and herbs are considered like the last resort of a good physician. Um, a physician uh, would be treating the patient by, uh, you know, encouraging them to eat certain things, uh, maybe at certain times of the year, or exercise in a certain way, get enough sleep, which is huge. And the more we discover about uh, sleep physiology, uh, the more um, we know that uh, as a society we we get way too little sleep, and uh, it's significantly contributing to all the diseases, you know, the cardiac diseases and the hormonal problems and uh, depression and anxiety. Um, so, uh, getting sleep is uh, one of the the most important things that people can do for themselves, um, and. Uh, all of these things taken together will help prevent disease. Um, in in ancient times, apparently a physician was paid to keep somebody well, and you wouldn't pay your doctor if you got sick because 
they failed you. So uh, it's a complete reversal these days where doctors are paid to treat, um, to treat illness. It's like um, people have likened it to it's not a health care system. It's a disease management system. So mm-hmm. um, to shift the whole um, medical system to one of uh, disease prevention, it's possible, but it, it, it needs to be a uh, united effort between not just the doctors, but, you know, everybody, the, the acupuncturists, the massage therapists, the chiropractors, uh, you know, everybody has to get on the same page. Um, but the most important uh, component of that are the patients. Somehow we have to uh, encourage them and uh, get them to do what needs to be done. We, we can't eat the vegetables for them. We can't go to sleep earlier for them or take our, take them for a walk every day. So uh, the community um, uh, needs to be making this easier for everybody to uh, do the correct thing for the health. Well, I, I definitely agree. I want to thank you so much for um, joining me today. Now, somebody wants more information. Is there a way they can get a hold of you or your book? Uh, yeah, they could um, email me. Um, my email address is katherinemdacupuncture at gmail.com. Um, that is C A T H E R I N E M D A C U P U N C T U R E at gmail.com. Uh, my website is again katherinemdacupuncture.com. And uh, my book is available uh, through Indigo in Canada, um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, as well as on my website. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. And uh, if anybody wants more information about uh, my journey back to health, you can uh see that on my blog site at dr-risk.com don't forget to follow me on facebook twitter instagram and linkedin or your favorite social media website thank you so much for listening today be sure to make today a great day thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of falling through the cracks feel alive and thrive Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week.